0: Of grace, I pray that you would make my tongue like a pen of a ready writer, that I may speak your word with precision and accuracy into the life of everyone under the sound of my voice. Those who are here on site in Lagos, those who are on site in Akure, those who are on site in Kwale, and those who are online from all around the world, Lord, let me be a blessing to them this morning, Lord. I'm deaf without you. I'm dumb without you. I can't speak without you. I can't share your word without you. Lord, help me this morning. Let me speak a word of blessing, a word of lifting, a word of encouragement, a word that will tear up faith and fire for you in the hearts of everyone that is under the sound of my voice. Oh, thank you, Father. We turn over the meeting unto you. Take total preeminence of everything. That we will say and we will do in this place in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Oh, come on. Can I hear that? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I can't hear us. I said, Hallelujah glory be to God. All right. What a wonderful, wonderful month it has been. How many of us have been blessed by the topic stewardship that we've been looking at you've been blessed. Let me see your hands up. I mean, it's been amazing. Back to back. Praise God. All the men and women of God that God has used for us. It's been powerful. Glory to God. You know, from my humble self to pastor Stanley to pastor KG To Pastor Kuli, I mean, it's been an amazing time learning about stewardship. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I was tremendously blessed on Wednesday as Pastor Kuli was sharing glory to to God on the word stewardship. Praise God. And especially the parable of the talents. You know, when God gave to five different people, no, you see, five or three people people give them talent he gave one five he gave one three and he gave one one praise god and you see that was a kind of stewardship commitment to them for them to take care of what has been handed over to them praise god and you will find out that at the end of that story when the owner of what has been committed to them came back uh the one who had five said master you gave me five but right now i have ten i've been able to multiply it and i have five with me and he commended the man who had five and the one who had three also said i've multiplied what was given to me what was given to me was three but right now i have six i've been able to multiply it praise god but the one who was given one said that you are a very what was the word he used was he stingy man or something praise god he said you like to reap where you have not sown he said the one you gave to me i went to I dug the ground and I hid it there. And when he heard that the owner was coming back, he went to dig it up and he handed over that one to him. And the word that came to him was that he was an unfaithful servant. And that one that he had was asked to be given to the man who had five, I mean, who had ten, as at that moment. Glory be to God hallelujah so you will find out that when god commits a thing into your hands god expects commitment he expects increase glory be to god he expects you to be able to manage it so that there will be more committed into your hands praise god and i learned a whole lot on that wednesday because you see if the little that has been given to you you have not been able to stay committed to it in the place of stewardship then more is not going to be given to you hallelujah so we crave for more but the little we have have we been able to manage it praise god that was a great one fantastic one on wednesday hallelujah glory be to god and today being the last sunday in this month which also doubles as a partnership sunday praise god we're going to continue along the line of stewardship praise god and we'll narrow it down because you see when we talk of partnership with the gospel we're also talking about stewardship praise god because the gospel has been committed into our hands come and help me look at your neighbor and say the gospel is committed into your hands oh come on say like you mean the gospel has been committed into your hands And, and you see that's the truth because you see the muslims will not help us to preach this gospel the herbalists won't help us to preach this gospel we are the ones and you see interestingly angels will not come from heaven to come and preach this gospel are you listening to me we are the ones that will preach it when he was ascending into the heavens and it instructed them to take the gospel, the message to all nations of the earth, to all ethnicity, to every tongue, dick, and harry on the face of the earth, he was talking to us. Praise God. You see that generation he handed over the gospel to, they were so committed. They were so faithful. They were so dutiful to a point that they were even willing to die for the cause of what was committed into their hands. And they passed that gospel from one generation to another, from one generation to another. Glory be to God. Until a point came where a lot of things began to come in. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Because if you will agree with me, you will find out that the way believers believed those days is not the way they believe now come on, do you agree with me? The way they believed those days is not the way they believe now. Praise God. Ordinarily, you've been praying to God and God, what you have been praying to God for has not come. We get you angry at God. Have you met people that will say, I'm angry with God? Have you met them before? Have you met one before? <clears throat> on my own journey, I've met several who say, I'm, I'm angry with God. I'm, I'm angry with God. You ask some people, "Are you not going to church?" Say, I'm, I'm just angry with God. Why are you angry with God? He's saying, "Yeah, so 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 so." I asked God for this, and God did not do it. <clears throat> but that particular generation was so committed that even death was not going to take them off the course of their believing God. Hallelujah! You want me to switch? Praise God! Hallelujah! And I think I'm enjoying the sound from this. Praise God! Hallelujah! Okay, okay. This seemed to be better again. <laughs> you know, when we came this morning, Shadi was saying, hmm, said they have turned me into a man in this church. Who, praise God. You know, he's one man in the technical now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Man in every... Shadi knows all the but Even more than Pastor Kunle. Praise God. He knows all the but He knows what to... She knows what to press. Praise God. Can we give it up together for her this morning? Oh, she's blushing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Alright, so as I was saying, you will find out that that generation was more committed. They were very committed. Even in the face of death, they were committed. That generation of, uh, uh, of uh, 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 Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, "Oh king, we will not bow before you. They said, even if you, no matter what it is you want to do, we are not going to bow. Even if it's going to get to the point of death, we are not going to bow then they said the god that we serve is able to come and save us uh he has the ability glory be to god he said but they went on further they didn't stop there in their confession of faith you know our own confession of faith stops where we believe that god is going to do it for us But the confession of faith of those guys, their faith was to a point that even if God does not show up, they were willing to die for the sake of not bowing down to the idol that was made. Oh, are you listening to me? So you will find out that the level of commitment of the old generation believers is way more than the one that we have right now. Oh, are you listening to me? These days, we have a lot of jelly Christians all around us who do not understand the word stewardship. Who do not understand that when something is committed into your hands, you have to stay faithful with it. You have to stay committed with it. Either it is working or it's not working. You have just have to stay committed to it. And one of the things I was sharing with them last week in the church I preached, the early church in Leckie, I told them that, you see, faithfulness is never measured in a big place. Oh, are you listening to me? Faithfulness is always measured in a little place. When you find yourself in a big place and your kind of, you know, your zeal goes up. Praise God. Your zeal goes up and you begin to work and work. And you see, you may look at yourself and say, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a faithful person but that may not be true because if you're taken from that big place and you are now you know most people don't like demotion praise God but you are demoted you understand what I'm saying and you are now put in a little place then that is the time we are really going to check your level of commitment your level do you understand what I'm saying your level of stewardship your level of faithfulness faithfulness is never in a big place faithfulness is always tested a little place. I remember listening to Clefra Dollar some years ago and he said when he was about to start World Changers International Church back then, praise God, he said he had posters everywhere. They've done publicity. They've done a whole lot of stuff preparing for their inaugural service and he said he got to church that morning, praise God, he had expectations that people were going to show up. He said but nobody showed up. He said and when it was time for service to begin he said he went up carried his bible and began to conduct the service the way it has been written down he led the prayers he led the praise and worship then he started preaching 20 years And you see, he said, the place was a school. He said, so some people began to pass through the window of that classroom where he was and began to look, okay, here is a preacher preaching, but who is he preaching to? There's nobody there. And some of them will stop and listen to him for a while. And after a while, they'll find out that, ah, this guy is actually making sense. Then before you know it, they will come into the hall and they will sit down. And today, that man is preaching to a congregation of thousands. Are you listening to me? But you see, in the place of his little beginning, he was not going to look at what he was seeing. He was going to stay committed to what has been committed into his hands. Oh, are you listening to me? Faithfulness i love the dimension pastor stanley also brought to it in fact this morning i was telling pastor Kule, one of our plans one of our plans the plans that we had before now was to bring pastor stanley to lagos to come and complete what he continued in akure praise god hallelujah because i mean when he came around he shared a very dimension very interesting side of the david story that was amazing for me because sincerely i've sat down a lot of times and i've thought about why would jesse not bring david up when he was called when he was told that he should bring all of his sons the instruction was bring all of your sons even if you will forget david not for certain occasion. do you understand what i'm saying it was a very important thing the biggest prophet in the land showed up in your house and said mr jesse bring all your sons And you brought out everybody and you left out david and i've always wondered why would jc do that but pastor stanley brought in an interesting perspective that there's a possibility that david must have been maybe under punishment of some kind glory be to god or maybe the reason why he was assigned that duty of taking care of the shepherd was because he was not you know maybe not a good boy in the house you understand what I'm saying? So, just go take care of the sheep. So, when the prophet came and said, bring all your sons, he brought everybody except the bad boy. Oh, do you understand what I'm talking about? But you see, as bad as they felt that David, and I kind of agree with Pastor Stanley. Yes, now, it may not have been clearly written for us in scriptures, but you see, the truth of the matter, if you look at the life of David, even if his very life, you will know that this guy is not a good guy. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Do you understand what I'm talking about? You see, it takes... I don't know, maybe you will understand. Please don't misunderstand me. You see, it will take a bad boy who probably have been doing some street fights. Oh, let's forget about the fact that he killed the lion. Let's forget about the fact that he killed the bear. It will take a guy who will probably been doing some street fight to get to the war front and see a Goliath and say, I want to fight this man. Yeah come on, talk to me. You understand what I'm saying? It's not it's not one one then solo boy. One good you know good boy in quotes. Mommy's boy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Must be have a street boy. <laughs> you know I I used to have a friend those days. I used to have a friend those days. Bad boy. I mean oh my god his parent had lamented and lamented and lamented but this guy my friend ve- oh my god you thought i was bad you've not seen bad <laughs> that guy bad boy then one damn robbers came to their house uh and you know there's this saying in yoruba when you have you heard it before that they let me say it in english that a bad boy always has his own day do you understand? Everybody in the house was sick. am he, 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 The guy said, I'm ambo. He went to stay by the door. And when they were banging, they should open the door. He opened the door. The first one that came in he stabbed him. And when he, oh, do you understand what I'm saying? Stabbed him, removed the went for the other one. The others took off immediately. <laughs> the bad boy became a celebrity in that house. Oh, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about a real holy now. But but he became a celebrity. But you see the fact that David was under punishment of some sort or even the fact that he had been forgotten. You see he could have maybe if he had been faithful before and when that happened he realized that ah my father forgot me If not for the prophets that said they should get me. You see he could have changed his attitude and become unfaithful towards his father's business. But David stayed faithful. He ensured that all the ships were taken care of. Maybe you don't understand that the psalm that he wrote, Psalm 23, must have been his meditation in the place of taking care of the sheep. He looked at how well he cared for the sheep that was in his charge to a point that he was willing to risk his life for them. Then he felt, oh my God, if I can risk my life this much for the sheep that father has given to me then I'll much more if the Lord be my shepherd that it means I will not want anything because God is more powerful than David so Pastor Stanley brought that interesting dimension and it's when he was sharing with me last week Sunday what he shared in church was a continuation I said oh my God the whole world needs to hear this hallelujah do you understand what I'm saying David was anointed in the household of Jesse while Saul was still on the throne. Now, David could have used that opportunity and said, Maybe they don't anoint me. May will go come out to that guy for the throne. May will go come out. Him. But David understood stewardship. David was a faithful guy. He would not use that as an advantage against the one who God anointed ahead of him. Oh, are you listening to me? You know, some of us immediately we have some level of anointing or some level of gift. Then you suddenly begin to feel that the man who God has placed upon your life is no longer anointed. You are now the one that is anointed. Amen. Oh, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, Say, Pastor uh, Pastor, Pastor anointing. Uh, in fact, the uh. pastor by hand over church here for me. Oh little miller in church I'm under pastor 20. Under one year, the 50. Anointing more. But even though David, and you see, the instruction was, I have rejected Saul. I have rejected outright rejection. So that's what the law was enough for David to say, Oh God, I bet vacate this seat. I bet come out for this seat. But David will not do that it was after he was anointed that the evil spirit was tormenting Saul do you remember and they had to bring David into the palace to be playing the harp because every time David played the harp the evil spirit will leave Saul while he was going to the palace to play harp do you I don't know maybe you understand what I'm talking about David was seeing the throne where he's supposed to be on and he was seeing a guy who had been rejected by God the throne, but david will not overthrow saul do you understand what i'm talking about because he understood stewardship he, under- he understood the place of god anointing a man oh are you listening to me and despite the fact that saul now began to chase him from one place to another see even if he does not have the mind to overthrow saul before by the time saw started chasing him around to kill him that was a good excuse come on talk to me everybody yes, was that not a good excuse, good excuse i know sir i suppose sit down for that throne i don't worry you don't worry you. you stick want want kill me i think i just take care of you do you understand what i'm saying and three times oh my god was it three times or twice i think it was twice twice two times David had the opportunity to kill Saul. The first time, David and his men, they were hiding in the cave. And while they were in that cave, Saul came with his men. He didn't explore the cave very well. If he had looked inside the cave, he would have discovered that David and his men were inside. So he felt like, okay, all my soldiers sleep outside the cave. Be the watchmen over the cave. I will go inside the cave and I'm going to rest. And he went into the cave and he slept off and david and his men were inside the cave until he slept off and they came out when he was sleeping can you imagine the one who has been rejected the one who is looking for david the one who if he has an opportunity to kill david we kill david now david is looking at that man sleeping on the floor probably snoring and one of his men said, "Oga, God must really love you. As in, God must really, really love you. That he will position your enemy to a, like this, without fight, without war. Ah, Baba, I respect you. God, truly, God love you, sir. Oga, okay? Takes words, just, just, just to come. You know? Just give up. Quietly. Let's, let's give it to him and let's let's forget about all these things. And David turned to that man and said, ah, You are not scared though. Do you even think that you will lay your hands against the Lord's anointed? Aya, How many of us will do that? You have an opportunity to, to strike on your enemy. You will... Oh my God. Not even this generation where there's fire everywhere. You understand what I'm talking about? There's fire everywhere. Fire will rain on that. They won't use sword. They will use fire. But David said, how dare you think it? And the best David did that evening was to take his sword and cut a portion of David's... of Saul's garment... The bible even said that while he was cutting the garment his heart was beating in his chest because he was sorrowful that he could even think of cutting the garment of saul but he had to do it as an evidence maybe saul would change his mind and they sneaked out of that cave and in the morning when saul woke up david stood from afar off and shouted king saul And he said, yesterday night, the Lord delivered me into your hands. He said, but I spared your life, Oga. So that you will know that I really was there when you were sleeping. He lifted up the piece of cloth and saw, looked and saw that actually, this man was there. And he said, he repents that he was not going to chase after David again. But that was just a lie. After a while, he started chasing David again. And as if, as if that was not the end, Saul fell into the hand of David the second time. You know what? You know, what? I think it was Abinadab or something. Now, he looked at David and said, Oga, hmm. see the first time I said, God love you. You didn't believe it. See him again. Once as he spoke twice <laughs> as he manifested opportunity again. God must be saying something Oga then the guy went further. You know what he said? He said, sir, maybe you don't want to do it. Let me do it. Just give me the order. guy, in fact, I know you are thinking maybe if we took him in his sleep, maybe we cry and say, ah, don't worry. I know how to do it. I will strike him in a place once that he will not even shout. He, he won't give a sound. Just swamp. And he will die immediately. He will not even feel any pain. Just, just give me the order. Don't do it. Don't worry. You are scared of the blood. Let the blood be on my own head. And the same statement. You are not afraid. That will lay your hands against God's anointed. You are not scared. And what he did the first time he did it again. And showed Saul the piece of cloth. And eventually when Saul was going to die, for those of us who know the story very well, Saul died with Jonathan, his son, on the battlefield. Saul fell upon his own sword and died. When he saw the enemies coming, he didn't want to die by the hand of the enemy. So he put his own sword on the ground and he fell on that sword. And there was a man who was passing by who saw the incidents and said, ah, the enemy of King David is now dead. Then he thought, let me use opportunity to make some money. So he took the sword of Saul and ran to the palace and said to the king, Sir, your enemy is dead. Instead of saying what he saw, he now twisted the story. He said he was the one that killed Saul. Thinking that he was going to get a reward. That, oh my God. I don't know, maybe you're seeing this. But Saul, the heart of David broke when he heard that Saul was dead. And that was where that psalm came up. When he began to say, he said, don't tell it on the street of Ascalon. Don't even tell it on the street of God. The enemy must not hear that the anointed of God died. It's it's not possible. It's not possible. It shouldn't be heard on the street of Ascalon. It shouldn't be here. Shall they? you know what to do. Bishop Atchow, Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Are you listening? Please pay attention. Praise God. Are you listening to me? He knows, he knows, he, he said, I've been distracted. <laughs> hallelujah. Please everybody pay attention. Are you with me? So he said to him, look, you laid your hands against the Lord's anointed. And you were not afraid. Now, if it were some of us, you would have burst, burst into a place of rejoicing that your enemy was dead. The guy felt he was going to be rewarded. But David said they should cut off his head immediately. The enemy of my enemy. <laughs> he says, My enemy. And, no, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yes. That's, that's what it's supposed to be. But the enemy of David's enemy became his enemy. I mean, that's strange. So, you realize when God said to David that David is a man after God's own heart, then you will begin to understand the reasons why. David was an unusual man. David was not an ordinary man. Ordinary men would think otherwise. Are you listening to me? And that was a powerful message though he was not in the place that he was supposed to be, but yet he stayed faithful. Oh, are you listening to me? This morning, I'd like us to quickly run to the book of 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 9, the writings of Paul. This is what I want us to consider this morning, for this partnership service. Glory be to God. And the last part on the topic of stewardship you would realize that while we're running through this topic, there were some names of people in scriptures that kept showing up in the midst of the message because of the level of their commitment, the level of their dutifulness to what God has called them to be. Oh, David was mentioned a lot. And apart from David, one person that was mentioned a lot was our dear brother Paul. Are you listening to me? Oh, I can't hear you. Are you listening to me? Paul was committed. Paul was daring. Paul stayed committed. In fact, I tell people that I believe so strongly that one of the reasons why Jesus had to come and recruit Paul was because he needed someone who was committed. He needed a good steward. He needed a faithful man. Are you listening to me? Now, I was sharing online some time ago the difference between Peter and Paul. And somebody came to that particular post and began to say to me that why am I trying to rubbish the ministry of Peter and exalt the ministry of Paul? And I said to him, that's not my intention. But I needed people to have an understanding that there are things that God wanted to do on the face of the earth that if he had committed it into the hands of peter that assignment would not have been fulfilled or are you listening to me and i can show you from the pages of the scripture you will see it in the book of acts after jesus ascended you see the instruction to them as jesus left was that they should take the gospel to the ends of the earth But Peter and the other disciples were contented with sharing the gospel just among the Jews. Because that has always been the tradition. Everyone who is not a Jew is a Gentile. And Gentiles were cut off from the commonwealth of Israel. Is somebody following me? They were cut off. So even though the instruction was take the gospel to the end of the earth but they stayed among themselves sharing the gospel, the good news among themselves they were not willing to break out. And before the conversion of Paul I believe because you see when I read scriptures I read scriptures with progression of the stories. Are you listening to me? Before the conversion of Paul you will find God invading the privacy of Peter. Because Peter was the one that was leading the team as at that time. Are you listening to me? Peter was the one that Jesus left every other person in charge of. He was the head of the church. More like some people will call him, they call him the first pope. Are you listening to me? And truly, if he is the first pope, then he means the first pope had a wife. Praise God. But you see all the popes we have now, they don't they don't get married. Praise God. But the first one had a wife. Because Jesus healed his mother in law and you don't have mother in law when you don't have a wife are you listening to me so Jesus invaded his privacy Peter was praying and all of a sudden he saw a white cloth that was spread before him and while he saw the cloth he was wondering what is this and all of a sudden animals began to emerge on top of that cloth that spread that was before him and he saw all kinds of animals and the only type of animals he saw on the sheets were animals that god instructed them not to eat from you know in the old testament they had rules of engagement are you listening to me that type of animals they don't eat pigs they don't if i era in fact, generally you know what we call it right in yoruba praise god bushmeat i know bushmeat is sweet how many of us have eaten bushmeat before? Let me see, hands off. Ah. is destiny changing. Praise God. You know during the Ebola. You <laughs> see whenever I remember that thing I was I always laugh. During that Ebola crisis. You know one of the meat they said we should not eat is bushmeat. You remember? They said because those animals carry Ebola. So they said number one bushmeat is zero. Then somebody I know the, the dad you know bought meat to the house and they cooked it and the man was tearing the bushmeat and the daughter came and said ah daddy you are eating bushmeat the bushmeat they said gives corona in this time of corona you are eating bushmeat and he said the, the you see the father did not even stop eating the father was still tearing the meat and the father said <laughs> I mean this one does not have coronavirus." he saw those kind of animals and God said to him rise up kill and eat and God placed the knife before Peter and Peter began an argument with God that how would you say that i should eat of this meat that you instructed us not to eat from and what was the response of God to him God said to him that that which I have called unclean because Peter said they are unclean animals and God said that which I have called called clean he said do not call unclean in other words they might have been called unclean before but right now I'm saying that these animals are clean oh you don't understand what I'm saying to you you see it is what God called clean that is clean oh Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? It's not what you call clean that is clean. It is what God calls clean that is clean. Are you listening to me? And Peter was still in that state of argument. Why we like eat on clean animals? Then the vision was cut off from him. It happened three times. Three times. And by the third time, there was a message that came from the house of Cornelius. Colenius was somebody who was given to giving of alms. He gives people a lot of things. He loved God. But the, con- the problem was, he didn't know who the real God is. And God said, don't worry. I've seen your arms given I've risen up into heavens. And I'm going to save you and your entire household. But you see, you can't be saved except there's a preacher. Oh my God, I'm going somewhere with this. <clears throat> You can't be saved if nobody comes to preach to you. You can't be saved if nobody brings the gospel to you. Angels cannot do it. Oh, are you listening to me? Angels won't preach the gospel. And Colinius was instructed to send a messenger to get Peter. And when the messenger got to the house of Colinius, and they told Colinius that somebody was looking for him to take him, I mean, to take him to the house of Cornelius. Sorry, go to the house of Peter to take it. Peter was first offended like I, I, I'm a Jew now. This guy is a Gentile. What's what nonsense? I mean, what what relationship do we have because back in those days Jews and Samaritans and every other time they don't have relationship. The Jews felt like they have the they are the one that have the you know, the soul rights to God they, they were custodians of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? But immediately at that point in time, he remembered what he saw in the vision. And he was able to interpret it correctly. uh -uh, Is this what God is trying to say? That even the Gentiles that have been called unclean, God is trying to get salvation across to them. Then he decided to go to the house of colonials. And when he got there, he started preaching to them. Glory be to God. And before he could conclude his message and make altar call, the bible says the holy ghost fell upon Cornelius and everyone in his house and all of them began to speak in other tongues and peter and the people that went said is it that what god is doing in our midst god is also intending to do among the gentiles because the holy ghost that we we'll receive is the holy ghost that is being poured upon these guys but you see they have forgotten. oh my god are you listening to me was it not Peter that stood up in the book of Acts chapter 2 that said in the last days that God was going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh he was the one that said it but there was just something that was missing in his mind that he could not connect the fact that it was all flesh and if it was all flesh it was going to include everybody Chinese are coming in Germans are coming in Egyptians are coming in Egyptians are you coming in? Here. Are you listening to me? You know, because when God was going to land in Nigeria, I landed in Malaysia. Mm. You can go argue with your phone. <laughs> landed in Elysia. The likes of Ayo Baba Lola came out from Malaysia. Pastor Adeboye came out from there. Are you listening to me? Baba, over there. Yeah, came out from there. Who else again? You know? All of them were, you know, pastor came out from there. Hallelujah. Clap if you want to clap. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you will realize that later on Peter was still not able to connect to that vision. He was not. And I believe so strongly that that was one of the reasons why Paul had to be called by God. The matter is, if Paul was never converted, I'm telling you the truth, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ may not have gotten as far as it has gotten right now. Oh, come on, talk to me. Because those guys were willing to cage the gospel in Israel. They were not willing to take it out. Paul was the one that began to travel to different nations. And it was recorded according to history that he went to nations like Syria. He was the one that traveled to nations like Turkey. Like he went as far as China. According to records. Are you listening to me? To ensure that the gospel got to the ends of the earth. But if it was left for those other guys, they were willing to just cage it and just leave it among themselves and say, Jesus is coming back. Oh, don't tell those other people. So that when he comes, we will go. He will leave them." Are you listening to me? And when Paul was arrested by God, Paul stayed committed. I love Paul. The first statement he asked after he was knocked off the horse, he said, Lord, what will you have me do? What will you have me do? What's the assignment you have given to me? What is that thing that you're going to commit into my hands? And Paul said at some point that I want to be able to apprehend that which I have been apprehended for. Oh, do you understand that statement? He said, I want to be able to apprehend the reason why I have been apprehended. Oh, you don't get what he was saying he said i want to be able to apprehend there's a reason why you called me and the reason why you called me i want to be able to apprehend the reason why i've been apprehended in the first place that means i don't want to leave the face of the earth and not be fulfilled in the assignment wherein you have called me i want to be able to finish my course i want to run the race. I want to be able to say at the last moment that I have finished my course. I have run the race. I am now ready to be poured out like a drink offering. My assignment I have fulfilled. Oh, are you listening to me? And look at what he wrote in the book of First Corinthians chapter 9 as we read quickly this morning. Glory be to God. I'll begin from verse 15. He said actually now I'm going to be reading to us from the Passion Translation. TPT if you have that you can read with me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. He said actually I'd rather die than to have anyone rob me of this joy of this joyous reason for boasting now look at verse 16 he said you see even though I proclaim the good news I can't take the credit for my labors for I am compelled to fulfill my duty by completing this work oh are you listening to me oh my god see this kind of words does not come out of a man who is not committed This kind of words does not come out of a man who is not a faithful steward. Oh, are you listening to me? Let me read it to us again. Verse 16. He said, For you see, he said, Even though I proclaim the good news, I can't take the credit for my labors. He said, for I am compelled. Oh, I love that part. He said, I am compelled to fulfill my duty by completing this work. Listen to me. Do you have an assignment within the body of Christ? Do you have an assignment in the assembly where you have being planted? Oh, but do you have a passion to complete the work that has been committed into your hands? Paul said, I'm committed. I'm compelled to Either the condition is favorable or it's not favorable. He said, I am compelled. Paul was not somebody who will write a thing and not do before he writes it. Are you listening to me? I told us he wrote to Timothy. He said, Timothy, be instant in season and out of season. That means when you feel like and when you don't feel like, make sure you do what you are supposed to do. There should be no excuse for not doing what you are supposed to do. Are you listening to me? One time I shared with us about how people carry about an invisible bag. You remember that story? I mean, you remember that experience? It was one of Joyce Mayer's messages. And Joyce was preaching on excuses. And Joyce said a lot of us carry about a bag, an invisible bag, called the bag of excuses. And you know it was a very dramatic and practical message. Praise God. She printed the bag. I mean she held the bag and on that bag really they wrote bag of excuses and in that bag they put in a lot of cards. Praise God. So when she carried it, called bag of excuses, he said the reason why a lot of us are not attaining our full potential is because we are full of excuses. So when they ask you why didn't you come for that assignment that you're supposed to do? You just look into that invisible bag. And you pull one out. Praise God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Paul said, I am compelled to fulfill my duty by completing this work. Then he went further. He said, it will be agony to me if I did not constantly preach the gospel. When you read from the King James that particular praise, you know what Paul said? Paul said, warn to me if I preach not the gospel. Paul was placing himself under a course. That the assignment had been given. You know? I don't know how it is in other part of the world but in this part of the world where may I live, when people do like, when people do like this to you, you know what it means. Come and talk to me now. When people do like this, you know what it means. Uh-huh. It's an abuse. A strong one. And you see a lot of people do it in Lagos especially while driving. Somebody just go to you. You don't need to see anything. Paul said, war unto me. He wasn't pointing it out. He said, war unto me if I preach not the gospel. He said, let me be cursed if I don't preach the gospel. The assignment that I've been committed into my hands, war unto me if I don't fulfill it let me be cursed if I don't accomplish the assignment. Look at what he says here. He said if it were he said it would be agony to me if I did not constantly preach the gospel. He said if it were my own idea to preach as a way to make a living. You know, I just love there's something about the personal translation that I love. Look at what Paul said. He said if it were my own idea to preach as a way to make a living he said then i will expect to be paid he said since it's not my idea but god's who commissioned me he said i am entrusted with the stewardship of the gospel whether or not i am paid oh did you hear that come on did you hear that so paul said either i am paid or not i am what i am committed to the gospel but for paul preaching the gospel was not about gains are you listening to me but you know these days it's all about gains for a lot of people what they want to gain what they want to gain what they want to gain praise god do you understand what i'm saying paul said either i am paid or not he said i'm going to preach the gospel that has been committed into my he said so then where is my reward?" He said it is found in continually depositing the good news into people's hearts without obligation, free of charge, and not insisting on my right to be financially supported. Oh, did you get that? That means Paul said I will preach. Either you support me or you don't support me financially. He said I'm going to preach this gospel. I was sharing with us the other day how he went into a city. That he was warned that they will beat him. They will tie him up. But he went into that city. And what they said will happen to him was what happened. But he came back. They brought him out dead after beating him. And when he woke up, he didn't go to another city. He went back into that same city. You see, God is looking for faithful stewards. Oh, are you listening to me? God is looking for people who are committed. God is looking for diehard people. God is looking for people who will not give up. Oh my God, do you understand what I'm talking about? You will even find out in Luke chapter 18 verse 1 that God is looking for diehard people. When you read Luke 18 verse 1, what did he say? He said, men ought to always pray everywhere and not faint. So you read another translation. He said men ought to pray everywhere and not give up. Then Jesus wanted to explain to us what he meant by that scripture. He said in his city there was an unjust judge. One who does not regard God. He doesn't fear God. There's no fear of God in him. So you can't even use ah, ah, Allah, all You can't use it to get this judge. You know there are people if you use that their conscience will prick them. And say, Ah, God, God is watching in 3D. Praise God. So they will adjust, but he won't use it for this judge. But he said there was a woman who had the case before this judge, and this woman wanted justice. And he said this woman was going to the house of this judge, knocking on the door of this church continually, day and night, requesting that the judge avenges her. But the judge would chase her away. So he chase that woman away from my gates but this woman will come back and she kept coming back to a point that the judge now said hey i don't enter my home if i don't answer this woman this woman will not allow me sleep because the woman this woman that i'm seeing is not the type of woman that will back down if it's 10 years from now she's still persistent if it's 20 years from now until she gets justice she's not going to back down then the judge decided that i better answer this woman so that she can leave me alone can you see that example with prayers it was one that men ought to always pray and not to give up can you see how he colorates? then after telling that story he now said that when i come back will i still find faith on the face of the earth now when you piece all of that together you will realize that he's not really talking about faith as in faith as it were but he's saying that when I come back, will I still find the kind of people that are so rugged to a point that whatever they want to achieve, whatever has been committed into our hand, they will stay faithful to it. Will I still find such a people when I come back on the earth? Or are you listening to me? Paul said, War to me if I preach, not the gospel. This is my assignment. I'm going to stay faithful to it. Whether it works for me or it's not working for me, I'm going to stay faithful to it. Whether I'm paid or I'm not paid, I'm going to stay faithful to it. Whether it's convenient or not convenient, I'm going to stay faithful to it. Oh, are you listening to me? Oh, these are the days of comfort. These are the days where men and women are looking for comfort. Oh, are you listening to me? I watched the video that video just came to my spirit now. I wish I had thought about it before now. I will have copied that video so that they can play that video. A preacher, a U.S. preacher, went to China. And met one of the leaders of an underground church. And the leader of the underground church was telling the man of God, he said, you people in the U.S. are so blessed. Are you listening to me? So you know what they did? They tore the Bible. They tore all the sheets of the Bible. So every sheet they sit around themselves. This week, Psalm 23, we we'll in the house of their delegates. They memorize it. Do you understand? So next week, they pass it to the family of the Lord. The then somebody passes Psalm 24 to them. Do you understand? That is how they keep spreading the Bible, reading the Bible among themselves. So the guy said, and he said, when they come to worship, they meet in underground places, secret places. They sit on the floor on that dungeon where they eat that's where they build their fellowship and the guy said to the u.s preacher pray for us in china that we will be as free as you people the preacher said i can't pray that prayer and he said why he said you need to know how we worship god where i came from we put ac everywhere he said yet people will not show up in church he said they won't come. He said fix a service for two hours. After one hour, somebody's already eating. That pastor is preaching for too long. Uh, he said fix a meeting. He said people will not show up. They will not come. You understand what? He said, but you people will meet under the ground, under the under the eats, to pray,
1: to fellowship, and read Bible sharing pages, sheet of paper, among
0: yourself. In US, there are there are companies that... Bibles, but yes, people don't read it. He said, no, you are not asking me to pray that you should be like us. He said, rather, I will pray that US becomes like China church. Oh, it's time we rise. Oh, are you listening to me? It's time we rise. It's time we take the walk seriously. Are you listening to me? These are the days of comfort where people are looking for comfort. But listen to me, the gospel had never been about comfort. Jesus said, in this world, you will have many troubles. Oh, is somebody listening to me? So troubles doesn't move me from doing what I'm supposed to do. Lack does not stop me from doing what I'm supposed to do. Oh, are you listening to me? In fact, in lack, I get the more fired up. Oh, do you understand what I'm talking about? In lack, I get the more fired up. Ah, I need to do what God wants. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Because I believe I'm under attack. Oh, because the devil knows I'm, oh my God. This person will not give up. This person will not back down. This person, do you understand what I'm talking about? And God is looking for such a people. And when you're such a person, nothing matters to you. Everything you own belongs to him. Everything you have belongs to him. And that's why it cost me nothing to clear my account for the sake of the gospel do you understand what I'm talking about he doesn't I don't even think about it I don't it's not something I think I say hey when we clear the account how are we going to survive next week I don't even think about it and I'm glad for the kind of wife that I have we don't think about it we don't bother about it we don't think about it because we know that when we show that seed definitely the one who are doing it for is able to repair us in a thousand fold the bible says god is not unfaithful to forget your labor of love he's not unfaithful he will remember your labor of love. whatever you give to god god is going to reward you you stay commitment then you will see god stay commitment to committed to your cause he stays committed to your life he stays committed to what you, you understand what i'm talking about and this morning our partnership Sunday is the Sunday where we come just once in a month and we say God you have blessed us this month. For some people who are listening to me online in your own church they may call it tight. They may call it whatever it is. But we know according to the new testament way of giving that no man should be under compulsion to do what he wants to do let me put it that way every man should propose in their heart what it is they want to give or they want to do for the lord but i love the scriptures it's complete is whole he said when you sow sparingly you will reap sparingly when you give abundantly bountifully you will also reap bountifully then he said let every man now propose in their hearts that means let every man now decide what it is they want to give so you make a billion dollars and you decide that out of the billion dollars you just want to give God a thousand dollars a thousand dollars may look like much but we know to you it's just some some change And somebody says, God, I make 500 naira in a month. But what I'm going to use to say thank you is 400 naira out of that 500. The both of you have decided how you want to give. And you're not supposed to give grudgingly. But according to the measure you have given out is the measure that will be met out to you. I love one of the things Pastor Kunle was sharing on Wednesday. He said, what does a man have that he has not received from above? He said, when you come to that understanding that everything you have, every opportunity that came to your way to make money, came as a result of God giving you that opportunity, then there's nothing you will not be able to release for him. Oh, that word blessed my soul. When he mentioned it. So the reason why we find it difficult to give towards the cause of God on the face of the earth. And I love to say this. I, oh my God, you blessed me man of God on Wednesday. Pastor Kule said when you give towards the cause of the gospel on the face of the earth, although we call it giving to God, but we are not really giving to God as in like say God, oh yeah, you open your hand and take. It. In fact, he loves the main family here assembly here. After we collect our offerings, praise God, you understand, Pastor? Only as Lagos Pastor, we not carry it and go to Orioke, Kinikan, and you understand, and say God, offering for today, take it, uh, and God say, Oh yeah, that's love's domain offering. How much is it? But the truth is, there are things that God wants done on the face of the earth. There are things that God wants done on the face of the earth, and you and I. I mean if you will agree with me that hardly will you get anything done on the face of this earth without some good finance then you will realize the reason why your substance is important for the cause of the gospel there are people who watch us online they don't miss our services they go for their services and after their services They come home to watch. Our neighbor is one of them. If I don't know anybody, our neighbor. Mommy Ruby. He said, pastor, yesterday's service was powerful. I said, when do you watch it? He said, I watch it every evening. Every evening when I come back, I go online, buy data. He said, and I watch the whole service. And I'm sure she's not the only one. There are several other people like that who have never stepped foot into this place. But they know the reality of the word that we preach in this place. Are you listening to me? And for those of us who are here, who have probably have an experience in other places before we came, we always say, "Thank God I came here," because you know the difference between where you came and where you are, and you are glad that God brought you into such a place where you hear the undiluted word of God, and you know that where you are coming from, they have plenty people crowd there every sunday their total offering titan offerings like 100 million naira so with 100 million naira they are able to spread the gospel that they preach and you are here saying ah this is this is real gospel but yet there's no finance to push it and god has put some money in your pocket do you understand what i'm saying it takes finance to move the gospel forward and that's why god instructed us that every last Sunday of the month we do partnership Sunday where everybody comes and says, this is what I have to be a blessing to the household of love domain and what God has committed into to our hands can you play something for me on the keyboard I want everybody to rise to their feet right now in Akure Church in Kuala Church I want you to rise wherever you are and I want you to lift up your hands unto God and make a fresh commitment to God. I surrender
1: all to you everything I give to you we told you nothing we told nothing oh I saw